Welcome into the BSN Broncos podcast. And before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about The Green Solution, which has 17 Colorado locations and an express checkout so you can get in and out as fast as possible. Get on your phone right now. Go to their website, mygreensolution.com. Order your flour, concentrates, edibles, and topicals online, and then head to the closest green solution for pickup. And then use the promo code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase. Let's jump into the show. Welcome into the BSN Broncos podcast, presented by Licks and All. Don't take our word on Licks and All. Take former Broncos quarterback Jake Plummer's word on it. Plummer is a huge fan of Licks and All's Hemp Balm, a topical pain reliever that's just one of their many great non-THC products. What's more, five percent of your purchase will go to a non-profit of your choice when you visit elixinall.com and get yours today. Okay, a couple things to get here too. Uh, first of all, happy birthday, Zach! Ah, thank you very much, Ryan. The big uh, two seven, huh? Man, it's late 20s now, and and I know you've been digesting this for about a month. It, does it still feel as bad? It feels worse because <laughs> every day you wake up with aches and pains, <laughs> and you know now you have like kids. They just come out of nowhere. No, I'm just kidding. I got to say, though, last year you were making a big deal of 26, and you're over the hump. I didn't feel like that. Now it's hit me. It's hit me straight in the face. Yeah, I think I see a gray <laughs> popping up right right over there on the right side of your head. I'd be okay with that. <laughs> I think gray is going to look good on you. Oh, thank you. Thank it's, you. Yeah, you're going to kind of have that silver fox thing going. <laughs> um, before we get into actually a pretty serious Broncos conversation, I have an extremely pressing issue Uh-oh. that needs to be addressed immediately. Uh-oh. Zach, how many holes are in a straw? Two. Two? Two. Are you sure? Is that your final answer? Absolutely. Unless there's no holes because, yeah, two. Okay. All Easy. Right. I just needed your opinion on this. I personally am a one-hole guy. Uh, I believe it's one hole that goes all the way through. But how many sides are there? It's, it's, it's round, so there's no sides. <laughs> but no, there are sides because it's flat at one part. Oh, you mean on, on the ends? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to get too deep into this, but I'll just say I put out a poll on Twitter last night, and of 1,138 votes, 61% of people believe it is a one-hole object. It's like you knew I was going to be on the other side. You set this Twitter poll up, and you had the facts of over 1,000 people. Honestly, I don't feel strongly either way. Like, I personally think it has one hole. I, I think be, it has one hole that goes all the way through. Yeah, I can be convinced. But I so so this wasn't like a I'm trying to prove my point thing. <laughs> it was more like a huh, I wonder what the rest of the world thinks about this. Wait, is this a is this a viral thing or did you just start this? No, I guess it's been uh the conversation has been had before. I hadn't ever seen it on this medium. So that's why I brought it to Twitter, but someone else was like, "We're doing this again." And I was like, "Oh, I, I guess so. Sorry." Well, I'll tell you what, you seem like a genius and an innovator in my eyes. Well, good. I'm glad. <laughs> I, there's many different um, sides to this. Like some person says... like, Are there sides to it? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> one, like, one person said, or my girlfriend said, like a jar has one hole. I would agree. How could you... So then a straw has to have two, ah, right? Because if yes. a jar didn't, it right. had two holes. Right. But another person says, how many holes does a donut have? Mm, I would it's, say one because it's still three dimensional, sure, right? So you you could make the mm. case like it's just one. It's a it's a shorter hole. Yeah, but you could just say that a mm. straw is a stretched out donut. That's probably the most convincing argument on your side. Yeah, and then the, uh, yeah, the donut one is very good. The one for some reason I was using last night is I was like, if a nail went through my arm <laughs> and it only went through the top oh. side, you would say there's a hole in my arm, right? Right. But if it went through both sides, you would still just say. There's a hole in your arm. Not there's two holes in your arm. Mm, that's very good. Yep, you're right. 
I so. thought you were going to say if a nail went all the way through, you were going to say there's a straw in my arm. <laughs> <laughs> no, you could put a straw through oh, there. God. Or maybe it's like one of those uh, piercings. Put a, <laughs> yeah. put a straw through it or a and pencil. I, or and whatever. I guess that would just be one hole in your ear. Right. Okay. So okay. are you team one hole now? I think I have to be because I was never strong on the team two. Right, right. Well, let us know your takes on this. <laughs> um, I, we did have some like very scientific y engineery people chime in on the thread <laughs> in my mentions and they were they were team one hole wait but a lot of people said no holes so then it's just not an object and i didn't even make that an option on the poll <laughs> here's the question though can you plug one hole of a straw you can you can so then doesn't that have to mean there's two holes could. <laughs> see this is a good debate it's a good debate i love it um unfortunately i don't feel strong enough to fight anyone about it <laughs> but i did want to see where the where the rest of the world came in on this subject there is something else you want to fight people about though before diving into the important stuff <laughs> wait really what, what is it the hat oh yeah why are people so <laughs> mad about the hat um, apparently draft hats were released isn't that what it is the draft yes, hat? the the 2019 draft hats came out and actually i don't want to fight anyone about it but people want to fight me about it um the broncos one to me is dope it it's a play off of the denver flag which i realize for non-locals might be hard to grasp but you know as a local denver guy myself i completely got the reference and think it looks nice yeah i think it looks really nice and i love that they incorporated the hometown state or city and i think they did it pretty well yeah and for you as a a fellow local. Yep. It makes sense why you also like the hat. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's that's one thing. People are all up in my mentions, like yelling <laughs> obscenities. What don't they like? Like, even if you're not a local, it's do they think it's triangles instead of like... I don't know. Someone said it looks like bunny ears, which... <laughs> <laughs> actually cat ears those would be the biggest animal ears ever which i just that's cool to me <laughs> gives you some depth <laughs> someone's license plate this morning who i was driving behind said i'm a cat maybe they're trying to be that license plate maybe wow <laughs> maybe it's like um Maybe it was the mountain lion guy, and since he got bit <laughs> by a mountain lion, it's like Spider-Man. Yep. He turned into half He's got man. the fever. Yeah, half man, <laughs> half cat. I will say, some of the other draft hats are absolutely, positively garbage. Mm, can you name one? Um, the Bills, which is also based, I guess, on the city, or uh, yeah, it's got to be the city flag. Okay. It just has like a bunch of lightning bolts <laughs> on the brim. It kind of looks like... Like a little child's hat. Yeah, that um, doesn't work. That one's really bad. I'm trying to think. If that of was some... the Chargers. It would be cool. Nope. It just looks dumb. <laughs> so it can't be cool. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones I didn't like. I did like the uh, Chicago Bears one. It's very simple because the Chicago flag is just like three star or sun like figures. Okay. So it just has those on the side and then it's just mm. a regular Bears hat. Is there anything on the side of the Broncos? No, okay. uh -uh, just nope. And then, um, trying to yeah. So some of them were just god awful. <laughs> uh, the Packers one is just really bad. But uh. anything that's green and yellow is going to be bad. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, in 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 the end, I think the Broncos won. I think they won this uh, this situation. You can't go wrong with blue and orange, right? Can't go wrong with blue and orange. I like that it's heavy on the blue. It has the Denver flag. And so, hey, if you have a problem with it, I have some great advice for you. Don't buy it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and what? Suffer through it for a month, and then it'll be over. Yeah, and it'll go away. And like, if you can just see other people's hats, be like, oh, man, <laughs> don't like that. I think it's one of the best ones I've had in years, honestly. In I terms agree. Of the draft hats. I agree. All right. Now to some a serious Broncos issue. And as we sit here in the Broncos facility here, uh, as they are getting together for their first meeting of the 2019 season, there is a glaring omission uh, in terms of who else is here. Most everyone is here. One person is not here. And that's Chris Harris Jr. Yes, Chris is not here, clearly making a statement about where he sits with his contract and how he wants this to go moving forward. Uh, Ryan, we've known for what? 
since Chris signed the deal in December 2014 that he took a hometown discount, and that hometown discount, what, what's bigger than a hometown discount? I mean, a, a hometown dollar store deal, pretty much. That's that's what Chris... Hometown clearance. There we go. That's what Chris has been playing on the past few years, and that's what he is scheduled to be playing on this year. Of course, the deal averaged $8.5 million per season. This year, Chris is set to make $7.9 million, and the Broncos did pick up the $1 million option, so they plan, they, they want him here. There's no question that they want him here because the deal is so good, and Chris is such a good player. But Chris is saying, no, I'm done. I'm done giving you guys the hometown discounts, or at least that's the message he's giving today. <sighs> okay, here's how these things work. Chris Harris Jr. is not happy. Um, and uh, I can tell you from talking to sources that as he sat there and watched the Broncos throw, what was it? 11, 7, 18. $18 million this season at two new cornerbacks while there's part of him that says, hey, that's that's great for the secondary. There's another part of him that said, hey, what about me? And I don't think he appreciated the fact that John Elway was just kind of poo-pooing it the whole time. Like, oh, yeah, oh, Chris, yeah, okay, we'll think about Chris later. He he literally said at the, at the Combine, we haven't thought about that yet. Like, this is your second best player on the whole team. You haven't thought about extending him? That's just – it wasn't uh, good semantics, I think, on the part of John Elway. Uh, and Chris most certainly wasn't just absolutely thrilled about the way it's been handled with him so far. And so is there a part of you that says, yes, don't like to see the best player – the second best player on the team not happy and not here? Yes. Here's the other thing. This isn't a practice. There's no on-the-field work. There's nothing going on here. They're just working out together, which most of the players do in the offseason at various locations around Denver or Los Angeles or San Francisco. Anyway, so there's two sides. I personally, personally am on the side of no need to worry about this right now. But it's, a, it's kind of a big deal. Yeah, yeah, and, and in terms of today – Ryan, you're right. It's not a big deal. Let, let's just say Chris sits out the entire off-season workout program and then joins the team for the mandatory minicamp or just misses that and joins the team back in training camp. How concerned are you that Chris is going to be ready to play? Not concerned at all. Not concerned at all, no. And so that that's not the, the issue here is Chris being with his teammates and working out and being on the right track. No, I'm not worried about that one bit. It's... What message is Chris trying to send? Is he sending a message today? Does he show up tomorrow? Does he show up next week? Or does he say, until I get this contract, I am not showing up. If I'm Chris, th that's probably the mindset that I have right now is give me this contract. Now, John says we're not doing a contract extension until we're not talking about those until after the draft. And then, Ryan, you're absolutely right. How's Chris supposed to feel right now? They just went, now, they didn't pay Bryce Callahan as much as he's paying, just a million less, but they went out and paid Kareem Jackson three and a half million or two and a half million dollars more per season for a guy that's older than him uh, that maybe has to switch to, to, to safety in a year or two. And Chris is sitting here saying, I'm, I'm the hometown guy. I helped you guys out last contract. What am I doing having to wait? And then on top of this, I think those hurt. I think I think it hurts that Kareem Jackson's making more. Man, and I don't know if, if, if Chris has thought about this. Bradley Roby, the guy that Chris knows he's way better than, and everyone knows, is making more than him this year. He deserves more money. Like, <laughs> that is an undeniable fact. Um, he is underpaid in every sense of the word. Right now, he's scheduled to have a $8.7 million cap hit this year. That'd be the 24th highest among cornerbacks, just one position group. And his average salary of $8.5 million is 23rd in the league. Ryan, there's there's like 13 or, or there's 16 cornerbacks making double-digit money. Chris is not one of those guys. And the highest-paid corners is Josh Norman. He's making $15 million per season. Tremaine Johnson and Xavier Rhodes and Patrick Peterson are all making $14 million or more per season. Chris is at 85 So I hate to go doomsday here, 
But it's something to think about. When the Broncos signed Bryce Callahan, everyone was like, wow, this guy's a very Chris Harris Jr.-like player. (laughs) Is there a chance that the Broncos feel they've replaced Chris Harris Jr.? And while they would prefer to have three great cornerbacks, if Chris is going to try and twist their arm into a new contract when they are when they don't feel, you know, they're in a position cap wise or they don't feel that he's worth that over the next whatever years. Remember, he had an injury, John Elway mm-hmm. and injuries. Yeah. Though that's a thing. Yeah. So there has to be a part of you that has to be a little bit worried that the Broncos say, you know what? Why don't we trade Chris Harris Jr. to the Los Angeles Rams for a second round pick and We'll be fine at corner. And if we want, we can pick up a corner with our new second-round pick. Ryan, how can I say no to that situation? I can't say there's no chance that that, that is a possibility. And and here's the thing. Why did the Broncos trade Aqib Tlaib? Yeah, there were, there were some issues, but it's because they didn't want to pay him, Chris, and Bradley Roby, what, eight? million plus and with two of those guys being in the tens well what chris isn't asking i can't imagine chris is asking for a half a million dollar pay raise he doesn't want to be paid nine million dollars what's his number i mean 11 to- top guys you think 11 would do it i think 11 that would may it. even be too much of a hometown discount because didn't didn't you have some intel that said chris in his next deal wants to even make up some money that that he lost with the hometown discount yeah that was that's a thought but I think you could get it. I think he just maybe it's got to be eleven two five. He should be the highest paid corner on the team. <laughs> yeah, there's no question about that. So let's just, let's say eleven and a half, and I think that's I think that's even generous on the Broncos. You do have to remember his age. It is something that you have to take into consideration. But you just gave Kareem Jackson, who's older than him, that uh, that amount of money. So if you give him a half a million more per year as a thank you for the hometown discount before, then I think that's fair. If he's out there asking 13, 13 and a half, you might have to trade him. And we know John's not a guy to say, okay, you know what, Chris, I love you. You're a great player. You're a great person. I'm just going to give you this blank check. John doesn't do that for anyone. We know he loves Chris, though, because he just gave him incentives in his contract last year. That's the first time John has ever done that to a player. So we know John appreciates him. But when you factor in the salary cap and the cap space, the Broncos traded to keep Tlaib last year to save $11 million so that they weren't going to be paying big money to three cornerbacks this year. If you pay Chris, I wouldn't say Bryce Callahan is big money, but that's money you can't ignore. And then are you going to be paying, what, with that $30 million for three cornerbacks? You can, but that's a decision John Elway's going to have to make. Do you think that John Elway's a little peeved as he sits in his office, which for all we know could be directly <laughs> above us right now, um, that he did that for Chris last year? I felt like that was like a show of good faith. Right. Like, we're on the same team here, Chris. I love you. You love me. I love the Broncos. You love the Broncos. We both love winning. Here's... Um, here's, you know, let me just show you that I love you. Yep. And I feel like that was almost like a building of trust. Like, hey, trust me. Right. And by not being here today, while I do believe today is very insignificant, Chris is kind of saying, like, I don't trust you. Because if he trusted him, he would believe that it's all going to get figured out after the draft. But I guess that's not necessarily fair to say because – John never said it's going to get figured out after the draft. He said, we'll revisit it after the draft. Yeah, and it's it seems like they are ways away now. The Broncos, John Elway, did meet with Chris's agent at the Combine. Uh, there's some reports that talks went great, but it seems like what, once we stepped back away from those reports, they both sides just agreed, yes, Chris wants to be a Bronco and wants an extension, and John Elway said, yes, we want Chris to be here, and... Uh, you know, obviously that means an extension, but that was it. There were no numbers thrown around. So we don't know. Are they a million dollars away? Are they potentially $6 million away? You know, there's a chance the Broncos are saying, we'll give Chris nine a year. So a slight bump and we'll give him a lot of money up front. And Chris is saying, no, I'm a top three cornerback. Give me 14 million. Let me ask you this. Do you believe 
that is he 31? Chris? Yeah. 30, I think. Do you believe that at 30 years old, he would sit out this season and not and not make the $8 million that he is, is due? Hmm. No. I think when push comes to shove. Okay, so there's there you go. The Broncos don't have to trade Chris Harris Jr. Chris is 29. He will okay. be 30 he will, this he year. He goes into his 30-year-old year. Sorry for aging you, Chris. <laughs> um, he's just been around for so long. <laughs> yeah, he's been doing it at such a amazing. high level for so long. Um, I don't either. I don't think there's any way that... It, hey, if you're 25, you could sit out a year. You've still got prime years ahead of you. When you're 29 going on 30... This is your prime, and it makes sense why he's trying to get the money right now because there's a big difference between being 29 and 30. It's yep. dumb, yep. but once you're 30, your value goes boop, Your down. view is over the hump. Yes. So I don't believe that Chris Harris Jr. would lose out on $8 million this year with the idea that he can make it up in his next contract in spades because let's say that he plays this year makes eight million dollars it's almost nine really nine million dollars and then goes and signs another contract i don't think sitting out this year and then getting another contract is going to make you up nine million dollars you're probably going to get signed to a three-year at most 36 million dollar contract in my opinion right that only that only makes up Actually, that makes up exactly the difference. <laughs> yeah. So then you just sat out for really no reason. Yeah, and and that's why I don't think he will. Now, Ryan, what if Chris doesn't get a contract extension? Is there any chance the Broncos can re-sign him after this year? No, and that's the thing. But but do the Broncos want to? I mean, they should, in our opinions, they should be ponying up. the. I would just call him up and say, all right, Chris, what do you want? And he'll probably say i want 13 million a year you say we'll give you 12 come on come home come on in (laughs) and if you don't if you don't want to do that though then you just say you do you we'll see you week one yep and i don't i I think the broncos still hold the leverage in that situation i cannot now he's a very strong-willed person so i could he could maybe just do it on principle but i don't believe he would he would lose a full year and maybe what some would say is the last year of his prime to come out here and play and also lose out on about $9 million. Now let's say you do go the trade route or you explore that route, which Ryan, I'm going to say it for the both of us is not something that we are encouraging that we would do, but let's say they do go that route because it's been thrown around. Are you trading him before the draft? Because you said second round pick. If you can get a second round pick, this is a deep cornerback class. And when we before the Broncos signed those cornerbacks, we talked about, man, you can get a player in the second round. Not to mention having two second round picks is a real easy way to get it back up into the first round. Exactly. So are you potentially trying to make it, it let's say he sits out another week, you you call his agent and he says, We want this much, and John says, Nope, too much. Will you try to make that deal before the draft, even though John Elway said we'll, we'll do extensions after the draft? Look, John Elway knows right now whether he's re-signing Chris Harris or not. I truly believe that. That's true. And so there's either part of him that says, all right, we'll just get this thing done after, after the draft. I know where we're going to end up landing here. Talk to Mike Sullivan. He told me how it can work with the cap. So we'll just we'll, – we don't need Chris doesn't need to be here working out. I've I have to stick to my word. We'll get to it after the draft. I'm not going to be pushed around. Or he's saying, mm, I'm I'm going to throw Chris an offer. It's probably not going to be what he wants, but in the end, I won't look like the bad guy, right? Right. Well, Chris turned down our offer, and and right. that's as much as we can offer. Yep. And if he's thinking that way, which is he stays, he goes, whatever, it's going to be on my terms. Then yeah, you, you start calling teams right now. And if you have a trade done by the end of the day, you do it because you already know in your mind that you aren't going to be pushed around here. Yeah, exactly. And let's say John waits until after the draft because he knows he's going to, to reach an agreement with Chris. They, they agree on a deal a week after the draft, two weeks after the draft. Chris is back in here. No worries. That, 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 this past month that he missed meant nothing. How awkward is it going to be, though? If the Broncos do draft a cornerback in the second round. Well, then he's gone. That'll probably tell you, right? Yeah. Um, we knew when the Broncos drafted Bradley Chubb that it probably meant Chris or that probably meant 
Shane Ray wasn't going to be back. We all we thought it might mean that Shaq Barrett wasn't was going to be back, but it ended up meaning both of them weren't going to be back. That's going to create a lot of stress on Broncos fans. And look, like like you said, I don't want them to trade Chris Harris Jr. I think you kind of undo the work that you did in free agency by doing that. Now, you give yourself a chance to recoup it in the draft, but no matter what, you're not getting Chris Harris Jr. in the draft. What have we said since free agency? The Broncos have the best cornerback group in the league, right? They do right now. And it really helps their secondary. What happens if Chris isn't here next year? And just forget about a potential second-round pick. What are you thinking entering the season with Kareem Jackson and Bryce Callahan and Isaac Adam? And I'll throw in Rockison. There you go. Okay. Um, you're thinking this has a this has potential. This group has potential. Could be a very good group. Gonna need Isaac Adam to take a step forward. Gonna need Rockison to have a pretty solid rookie season. But if those things happen, this is a solid cornerback group. With potentially a I wouldn't be shocked if it looked like last year's group in terms of you have one, whoever it is, Bryce Callahan or Kareem Jackson, one shutdown corner on one side, uh, an up-and-down player on the other side, and then a third cornerback who's either Isaac Adam doesn't really take that step up that you hope, or Rocky Sin is just very young and inexperienced and has the Isaac Adam uh, inexperience that he had last year. I think that's probably worst-case scenario for this group, but that's, that's not crazy to say. The more we talk about this, the more I <laughs> yeah. I think, Jesus, just call him up and get the deal done. Yep. Because the way it sets up right now is perfect. Chris Harris Jr., you put him on the number one every week. Now, they don't always do that, but in, in your mind, you're saying Chris Harris Jr., whether it's A.J. Green or Julio Jones or whoever it may be, Odell Beckham Jr., who they're going to go up against next year, Chris will be on that guy. We trust him 100 times out of 100 on that guy. Kareem Jackson, who is a very strong corner, only has to cover the second best receiver, which is going to be easy in, in most most scenarios. Yep. And Bryce Callahan is an ace in the slot. They're locked down. doesn't matter who it is. That sounds fantastic. That, yep. that has Vaughn Miller and Bradley Chubb, you know, doing backflips. Without that, now all of a sudden you, you are kind of back where you were last year. You feel less good than you did about your number one corner. You, there's no way you feel as good about Kareem Jackson as you did about Chris Harris Jr. going into last year. Um, your second corner is now Isaac Yadam. And you feel great. You feel good, but you feel you feel less good about Isaac Yadam than you felt about Bradley Roby going into last season. Right. And your third corner is Bryce Callahan, who you actually feel better about. But overall, you kind of go into the season feeling worse than you did at the beginning of last year. Now, we've said that us and everyone in Denver have said John Elway, John Elway, John Elway, you know, against or working with Chris to figure this out. We've given a lot of credit to Vic Fangio this offseason for having so much input in the signings and and uh, bringing in the staff, and he's had a lot of influence. Could he be having this influence in, in here? And not saying, I don't want Chris, but saying, look, I know Bryce Callahan's a dude. I like Kareem Jackson, so do you. And look, my scheme, I'm a defensive mastermind here. I can make up for, for Chris being gone if we don't want to go spend $12 million. Yeah, one thing that Andre has often said about Vic Fangio's scheme is you don't need um, a, a lockdown corner in the mm. sense of a press man, throw me out there on an island, no matter what, I'm going to win right. type of guy. No, you don't need Revis Island over there. Because of the way his scheme is, it's it's more about kind of teamwork in the secondary. And there is a chance that he's saying, look, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to need that money for something else next year. Um, and who knows how Chris is going to come back from this injury, you know, which shouldn't be said because he was 100% when he talked with yeah. us on this podcast <laughs> uh, right in this room. So maybe. I just think – I guess – I think this is a good place to, 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 to finish this. Is Chris Harris Jr. on the field for the Denver Broncos week one? Yes. Okay. Then, if that's going to happen, I don't think everyone needs to worry so much right now. I also believe that, and I believe it because of what? Those two fateful words, win now. If you're winning now, you're not letting the second best player on your team go away. 
That wouldn't make sense at all, would it? It would make no sense. So pony up, give him the money, and lock him down for three years. He's going to be good for three more years. I can assure you of that. Take care of, the, take care of your guy. Make sure that you get him set up and go and win some football games. That seems like the obvious thing. All right, before we move on here, I want to tell you about Strava Craft Coffee. Strava is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible, so check them out. What you'll find out is that this CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It's helped decrease anxiety. You name it, Strava Craft Coffee has helped with it. CBD is an all-natural and non-psychoactive ingredient, and the coffee is rich and tasty. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the promo code BSN2019 at checkout, and they'll ship the stuff straight to your door. All right, Zach. I'm sure we got plenty of questions, so let's jump into those. How'd you guess? How'd you know that, Ryan? You know, I'm a fan of patterns. (laughs) This one's been a pretty steady one for like two years. First one coming in from Rocky21. He says, I'm still following Chad Kelly on Instagram, and I can't help but notice that most of his stories are of him throwing the football in some indoor field. What is he training for? Is he trying to relaunch his career? Well, you thought he was just throwing in the towel? <laughs> He's like, I oh, got in trouble, and that's it for me. Yeah, no way. No, he wants another shot, and he will get it, um, especially because it, as a, I don't want to call it a victimless crime because it, I don't want someone walking into my house. I feel like I would be a victim if someone walked into my house hammered. Um, with that being said, no one was hurt. Um, nothing was broken. No cars were crashed. It, Maybe someone actually might have gotten hurt at the, the at Von Miller's party. But in the end, he didn't do anything that bad, especially on the scale of things that are done by players who are certainly still playing in the NFL. He didn't even come close to what Kareem Hunt did. What did it did he plead guilty to a misdemeanor? Something along those lines. Nothing nothing all that bad. Like you said, there's so many more players playing right now on big contracts that have done worse. Right. Like I said, Kareem Hunt, his was much worse. Uh, Tyreek Hill, even if what he's most recently accused of isn't true, what he pled guilty to long ago is far worse than anything that Chad Kelly did. Chad Kelly will play again in the NFL. He will get another chance. Now, there's a reason that he's not here in Denver. It's because they didn't think he was that good. Um, that hurts his case in terms of getting another NFL job, but I assure you he will get another chance. So it w- was the Halloween party on a Monday night, right? That Sunday, I believe the Broncos lost the, the Sunday right before. A report came out uh, from, I believe, a, a writer on NFL.com or a reporter with the NFL Network that said, if this Broncos season goes the way it's going right now, the way it's trending, which was down at that time, Chad Kelly will play at some point this season. You think a, a quarterback that was on the up and up that was going to play if his team lost a few more games is 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 done? No way. No way. He has way too much promise to be done. Yeah, he'll play again. Won't be here, but he will play. Uh, he will take snaps again. And it could be in a. It could be a, uh, the first year as a practice squad guy. He would probably be the best quarterback in the AAF if he wanted to go do that. Absolutely. They've asked him. I'm sure. Yeah, and I think he's he still believes in his chances in the NFL now. Something to keep an eye on. I've just been perusing along Instagram. Von Miller's planning another party right now. <laughs> Halloween? A pool party oh, in L.A. okay, okay. <laughs> so just, you know, plan out your time on the police blotter. <laughs> Are you going? I wish. <laughs> I might be able to give some guys some advice. Like, hey, whatever you do, don't barge out of here, push everyone out of your way, and then wander into someone else's house. Just listen to your teammates. Yes. <laughs> generally good, uh, good idea. The Broncos, you know, we make jokes. Von Miller took every step necessary to protect his teammates. Yep. Uh, And I truly, truly believe that. Um, Broncos security was there. There were Ubers on standby waiting to drive anyone anywhere they can. Like like I said, we make jokes. But in terms of a party for NFL players, this was as safe as it gets. And and that's all done by design. Chad Kelly did something that could have never really been predicted. 
um, by Vaughn as he was planning this party. So Vaughn's had parties before. He'll have parties again. I think everything will be fine. You got people worried about this pool party. (laughs) There's no reason to worry. From Drive86, hey, guys, I know I'm late to the party, but I can now officially be a part of the great burger debate of 2019. I traveled to Dallas last week and got to have a Whataburger. And on the way home, now I'm curious if this was on the way home from Whataburger (laughs) or just on the way home to wherever home is. On the way home, I saw an In-N-Out and wasn't hungry, but it's the first In-N-Out I've ever seen. And because of you guys, I had to try it. I got a regular cheeseburger, non-animal style. When they asked me if I wanted fries, I asked them why they were offering me trash. Oh, my God. <laughs> Gotta say the burger was okay, but I preferred Whataburger over them. Same. Interesting. Inter- two different things. Totally different. And you know what? They're you know why he probably burgers. didn't? You know why he probably didn't like it as much? He was full. No animal style. Didn't get the sauce oh smothered on God. top. Didn't get the sauce. Animal style. Or else it is just a regular burger. No, when I had it, it tasted better than just a regular burger. Mm. But the animal style just makes it taste gross. Drive 86 really seems like a sauce type of guy, an onion and sauce type of guy. I think if he was an onion and sauce type of guy, he probably would have gotten an animal <laughs> style. Anyways, he goes on to say, as far as the early rounds go, I'm going to trust an Elway to make the right picks. Bold. Uh, but there's one player that I'm adamantly banging the table for. Chauncey Gardner Johnson out of Florida. Let me tell you, Zach, A-plus name. <laughs> now, I'm a Florida fan and have watched all of their games last season, and I have to tell you he's a huge difference maker. I truly believe he's the next Chris Harris Jr. He can play safety. They might need the next Chris Harris Jr. <laughs> he can play safety in Don't corner joke. and is a huge leader on the field, and you can see the difference the team plays with when he's on the field. Keep up the great work. Yeah, I mean, he, he's, he's impressive. Now, where is he going? Is Second he a, or third. That's, that's what I was thinking. If you can get it. Safety. Where do they address safety? Do they need to? Will Parks had the second highest coverage grade in the AFC West last year behind one Chris Harris Jr. I'm that's amazing. I'm not giving up on Will Parks or Justin Simmons this year. But Vic Fangio's been throwing me for a loop when it comes to Will Parks. Or should I say the guy he hasn't even talked about? The the guy opposite, the spot opposite Justin Simmons. He hasn't mentioned Will Parks' name. So I'm I'm confused. Maybe he wants his guy. Maybe he just truly hasn't thought about Will Parks. He hasn't watched film, apparently. If Vic Fangio doesn't like Will Parks types, not it's not just Will Parks who's in trouble. The Broncos <laughs> have essentially stacked their entire safety room with Will Parks types. Because you've got Will Parks. You've got Trey Marshall, who is, is less that way. Um, you've got Jamal Carter. You've got Sue Cravens. I feel like I'm probably missing one. There's another one somewhere. All those guys... Uh, with the exception of Trey Marshall, are oh you've also got Demonte Thomas who isn't in that mold, but the big box safety the Broncos have a surplus of guys like that, and if 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 he doesn't like them that's got to be the biggest scheme uh, clash in terms of this new coaching staff, and if that's the case then that's unfortunate because I believe Will Parks is a really promising young player. But it is weird that he hasn't mentioned him. Now, if he likes the DeMonte Thomas type, then roll with DeMonte Thomas because I think he's a player and I think he can play in this league. Um, I would go with both of them and use Will Parks in situations where you can use Will Parks and use DeMonte in the situations where you like to use players like that. So because Chauncey Gardner-Johnson can play corner as well, does that help him or... I don't want to say hurt him, but maybe not the perfect fit in Denver because you have that with Kareem Jackson. Or is that saying Vic Fangio wants guys in the secondary that can play everywhere? I think he does, especially with the way he's talked about uh, Kareem Jackson and the way he's talked about Justin Simmons. Remember, Justin Simmons can essentially play any position uh, out there in the defensive backfield. Now, you probably wouldn't want to put him as your number one corner. You should never have to. But if you had to, you wouldn't be terrified you'd feel that he can at least hold his own for a little bit. He did. He was the number one corner at Boston College for two years. So I think it's definitely a name to keep an eye on because of his versatility, also because of his name quality uh, has to help <laughs> his, his draft stock. What number would be perfect for him? Did, that would just give him two aces in, in three of the most important categories. Well, 27 is now available again. Mm, it is. That would look good. Yeah, that would look good. All right, next one coming in from Bleed Orange and Blue. He says, 
Don't you guys find it head-scratching that Elway can't draft an offensive player in the draft that has had any success? He has done well drafting defensive players. Being the engine of an offense for so long, you would think he would be drafting gems and household names on offense each year. Where do you guys think he has gone wrong when drafting offensive players in the draft? Is he too close-minded? Has he, has he really missed on all of them? I mean, Cortland Sutton. Right you know now, that's that's the that's the biggest gem. Cortland Sutton had 700 yards receiving last year. That's so good, and yet we were pretty disappointed. Yeah, shows you what his ceiling could be, doesn't it? Right. So Cortland Sutton, I think, ends up being a, a very very good player. That's going to be a hit. Um, Royce Freeman, we'll call that a, a in the middle right now. Verdicts it, out. It yep. looked like a hit for a little bit. Um, Don't even say it. Trevor Simeon? <laughs> is that what you're going for? I actually think that that is a hit. How can that not be a hit? It's a seventh-round quarterback who won double-digit games for you. And what? Uh, didn't Kubiak get all the credit for that one? Wasn't yes. that his guy? He saw the ball floating through or zipping through on a blowy, windy day in Chicago. Blizzard. Blizzard day in Chicago. I Which, think it was actually in South Bend. South Bend, okay. Which, speaking of Northwestern quarterbacks, the Broncos are meeting with Clayton Thornson. Thorson. Thorson tomorrow in Chicago. Maybe but, those be blizzard conditions then. I mean, he's literally Thor's son. <laughs> so that's got to be worth something. So he's your starting quarterback this year. Got to be. He's Thor's son. Yeah. He I mean, looks good. He's strong. His name literally says it. <laughs> uh, anyways, I like Clayton Thorson in the Joe Flacco mold. Now, I, I've never been a fan of the Joe Flacco <laughs> mold, but that's you know neither here nor there. Um, I think that would make a lot of sense for the Broncos if that's if that's a guy that they want to go get. If they want to, you know, if they think if Joe Flacco is truly the perfect fit for this system, you should draft Clayton Thorson. Yeah, they and they're taking a deep look at him tomorrow. In terms of, I think it's easier to draft defensive players. Wait, I have to go back. Is, is that it? Are there no more? Quarterbacks? No, players that John Elway has drafted on the offensive side of the ball that were successful. Jeff Hireman, dare I say. No. <laughs> I mean, he got a second don't. contract. Um, That's Max Garcia. I mean, it's, it's, it's those type of guys. After you get past Trevor Simeon. <laughs> that's big yikes. Um, I think you're right. It is much easier to draft defensive players. Honest, I personally liked playing defense more because you didn't have to think. Right. See ball, hit ball. Yep. Yep. You know, you watch the play develop, you just go after the guy. Yep. It's a, a, it's a lot more talent-based. It's just, are you good? Right. You don't have to. I mean, yes, in the NFL there are schemes and there are plays, and you got to learn a playbook. It's a, you know, It's like a children's book compared to an encyclopedia and on the offensive side of the ball i didn't like i just didn't like studying my playbook i didn't it wasn't, <laughs> i didn't love it I, n I never enjoyed it and i think that's a big problem is these some of these guys are so talented cody latimer was a freak athlete he was you know um skying bradley roby all day in his first training camp he looked like he was going to be you know a, a star yeah but it didn't click for him offensively. Um, you know, Monte Ball is kind of a hard one to quantify because he had personal issues yeah. that, that plagued him off the field. Um, Jeff Hireman, I just – I don't know if that was the, just – they want, they drafted a guy to be a receiving tight end who wasn't a receiving tight end <laughs> in college. So he's turned out to be a solid all-around tight end. Um, I don't think that, that one necessarily translates to this conversation. Paxton Lynch – not that his body type would have allowed it, but if it would have, he would have been a better defensive player. <laughs> um, it just it, it, there's more variables, mm -hmm. and in the draft process, I don't know if you have the the necessary time to uncover all the variables that go into being a great offensive player. And how about this on the offensive side of the ball? Everything revolves around one guy. If your quarterback is great, everyone is going to look better. If your quarterback stinks. You're going to have a, a gem at, at left guard who's never really going to get get, get his, the credit he deserves. Now, you know, do, will draft people pick it up and scouts pick it up? Sure. But to the extent 
No, and, and maybe they overvalue that. Maybe they undervalue it. On the defensive side of the ball, if you're a player, you're a player. It, it, you're going to be noticed at corner, middle linebacker, a defensive line, anywhere on the field, you're going to be noticed. Let me ask you something. <laughs> do you think you could be a great GM in the NFL? I think so. So do I. <laughs> Why is that? Because it's been proven over time that it isn't as easy as it feels like it is from this seat. Right. But <clears throat> I feel like when I go through the draft, let's, d- let's do an exercise this year. Okay. Every time the Broncos go on the clock or are about to go on the clock, mm. you and I choose yeah. the player that we would choose in that position. I like that. And I realize there's variables that are, are going to be out of our control. Yep. But we'll track you know, these players for the next two years and see how they turn out. I love that. Because it feels, it feels sometimes obvious to me. I'm like, you got to take that guy. He's better than anyone else. <laughs> yep. And then, it does feel obvious. And then uh, I'm, I'm of the belief that probably I'll be right about that guy. But then there's probably like three more that I was wrong about. Right. But I'll only remember when I see that guy on SportsCenter. <laughs> I'm like, I told them they should have drafted that. As everyone only remembers the good. And if it's speaking of obvious, let's say it really is harder for every general manager, specifically John, to draft offensive players for whatever the system he has set up just doesn't work that well for offensive guys. Why not just draft 80% defensive players and then go get the offensive guys in free agency? It's a good idea. If, if, if that actually works now, you're eventually going to have to pay those defensive players, mm. which is going to strap you in. There you go. You know, and then you're not going to be able to, to fill out that offensive roster. Yeah, you're going to have 40 defensive guys and 10 offensive guys. But I'm excited to do this. I will say I, I just thought of one that I was definitely wrong about, and I certainly wasn't alone on this one. I thought the Broncos should have drafted Reuben Foster when Garrett Bowles was there. Me too, big time. That would have been a huge – I mean, that's a colossal miss. But here's the thing. Now, here's our defense, because I was a big Reuben Foster guy, too. There's no way we could have known about the off-the-field uh, off stuff, and that's something that they need to do work in. So props to John. Either he did the work and knew, or he got lucky. <laughs> he got lucky because he doesn't draft <laughs> Alabama linebackers. Uh, no, so, so I'm excited to do this. Um, we ha- let's not forget. Let's we'll talk. We have to talk about it like three more times this yep. this month. To remind to, ourselves to make sure we <laughs> put in a little. You, you're good at doing those little notes. I'll do that. So write down <laughs> a little note. Uh, I think, I think we'll have success. But I think. Are you speaking of? Are you ready? Are you ready to dive into this next question? I will try. It's from Wolf Drunk, and I feel like he was drunk when he wrote this name <laughs> because it can't be real. He says, "If you're ever in Utikovic." Uh, Alaska, and that is not close to what that how that's pronounced. <laughs> the best food is not going to even try. Good luck, Nigifput. Sure, Nigifput. That's my attempt. Always worth the trip to the top of the world for a food that none of us have ever heard of. All right, here's a media mock draft that Wolf Drunk saw. I guess it's a. Seven-round mock draft for the Broncos? Is that what I'm looking at here? Uh, yes, I believe so. I guess they don't have Ben Burkirvan from Washington going fifth overall. So <laughs> here's, what, uh, here's what they have. First-round pick, Drew Locke. Second-round pick, Dalton Risner. I already feel like it's gone off the rails. Uh, Third-round pick, Justin Oliver, a tight end out of San Jose State. Fourth-round pick, Justin Hollins, an edge out of Oregon. I love that pick. Probably mm-hmm. too late. Mm-hmm. Fifth round pick, Ben Burkirvin, a linebacker from Washington. He was a beast in the Pac-12. We'll see how he translates to the NFL. Sixth round pick, or sixth pick, uh, Gary Jennings, wide receiver out of Wash- out of West Virginia. Seventh, Bryce Love, running back out of Stanford. And then the eighth pick of the draft is Trey Pipkins, an offensive lineman out of Sioux Falls. Zach, tell us all about Trey Pipkins. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let our Sioux Falls expert, Andre Simone, do that. Man. On the surface, I like it. If you ever just have to say on the surface, it's just, <laughs> it means that it's not realistic. Yeah, I mean, Justin Hollins in, in the fourth would be great. Uh, Dalton Risner in the second would be fantastic. But I notice it is offensive heavy. I know I know the Justin Hollins and the Ben Burkiven. Burkirvin. Burkirvin. Um, but that's it. I think you got to go defensive line at some point. That will be addressed in the draft, whether it's first round, whether it's a sixth. That has to be 
addressed. And man, you you had Bryce Love with your seventh pick. Yeah, Bryce Love's stock has fallen significantly. That's crazy. But I think someone who needs a running back will take a chance on him in the fifth round at the latest. Remember, this guy was the Heisman favorite at one point last year. If he came out last year, where would he have gone? Definitely in the first two rounds. And why didn't he come out? You're closer connected to me. Was it just... I don't know. I guess... I don't know. He wanted to... He wanted to be Saquon? wanted to finish things out at Stanford. Good for him, but boy, it's it's been sad watching that, watching him fall. I mean, he was so ineffective last year. It's crazy. Um, anyways, he goes on to say, started the offseason hating the idea of quarterback in the first. I'm still very much on the defensive line bandwagon, but I've started gravitating towards being okay with a QB. I think it's definitely a win-now move, um, the way the teams handled this offseason. I don't think it could ever be sold as a win-now move. It's the only not-win-now move, yeah. in my opinion. He says, do you think L.A. is going to risk his job on the health of 34-year-old Joe Flacco and Kevin Hogan? The winning formula for L.A. is elite D and the serviceable to good quarterback. He knows he can't rest his ambitions on another bad QB. Well, let me just stop you right there. John L.A. isn't risking his job on anything. <laughs> well, that's a really good point. John L.A.'s job is not in jeopardy. I, no matter how, who wants to say it is, it is not. Okay, you're the GM now. And you are risking your job because you're not John Elway. Who who are you risking it more with, Case Keenum or Joe Flacco? Case Keenum. So you feel better about your quarterback situation this year than you did last year. Yes, as I've often said, I'm not done swinging. <laughs> and I might miss too. That's what I've said as my as a GM. Um, I want to be a GM. Sounds fun. Except for the like cutting people part. I would have someone mm, else do that. Head coach. <laughs> <laughs> um. He goes on to say Flacco's contract isn't guaranteed, so he can be cut next season if the guy they draft is legit or keep him starting if he shows he's good for the job and save the kids some hard knocks. I'm very against sitting a quarterback for anything more than one year. One year is my drop dead. You can't sit him for longer than that. I agree. Goes on to say the way they're not throwing a kid into the fire and expecting him to thrive. That way you're not throwing a kid into the fire and expecting him to thrive and you have a contingency if your veteran QB goes down. QB is the position you can't win without, so why not reinforce there and feel like you have good depth in your keys to win positions? Give Flacco your full confidence for the first season and reevaluate in 2020. I like our defense with or without a first-round pick going on that side of the ball. The only position I think we have to spend a pick on the first three rounders is interior O-line and then take BPA everywhere else. P.S. J.K. about the food in Utikovic. I just wanted to hear your attempts at the pronunciation. Oh, wow. Late April uh, Fools. That was pretty darn good. And along with your other stuff, I think I understand where you're coming from, and I like it all. I disagree with you that you can sell quarterback as a win-now move. There, there's zero chance of that. It's it's the opposite. It is literally a win-later move. Yeah. In every sense of the word. And like you said, it's the only one that's like that. Yeah, it's the only one that can't help your team on the field this year. Unless you're cutting Joe Flacco and starting that guy. Yep, exactly. All right, let's cut this segment right here. But before we move on, we have a new partner I want to tell you about. They're called House Lift Colorado. Are you thinking about selling your house, but it's not in tip-top condition? How do you ensure you'll maximize your profit? If your house is in need of an upgrade, House Lift can assist in eliminating all the stress of the remodeling process while matching the current trends that buyers most desire. And get this, there are zero upfront costs from you, the homeowner. That's right. You won't pay for any of the upfront costs of the remodel until your house closes. Houseless will handle everything from the contractors to the design while managing the costs. Here's what you need to do. Head to their website or Facebook page, both Houselift Colorado or HouseLiftColorado.com, and check out the incredible remodels Houselift has done for homeowners in the metro area. In past jobs, Houselift has put anywhere from fifteen to sixty thousand dollars more in their clients' pockets. Call 303-885-7888 today and find out what Houselift can do for you. Oh yeah, and if you hire one of Houselift's preferred realtors, they'll sell your home without charging a listing commission. That is a sweet deal all around. It is. So if you guys are in that market, make sure you check out Houselift. Excited to be partnering with them. All right, Zach, let's move on here in the questions. And this next one comes from Defender96. He says, quote, is 7 and 9 worse than 0, 0, and 16? Might be the funniest thing I've heard on this pod. (laughs) Keep up the hard-hitting journalistic inquiries. I love the laughs. laughs. It's We still don't know the answer. 
I can I just have to imagine <laughs> OO and sixteen is a five hundred record. That is that's the worst to be. That's worse than seven and nine. Maybe is it though? Because you're not losing. Man, this is this is one I don't know if you I'll can, ever be able to wrap my mind around. You could say you're the second team, third team to ever go undefeated in the regular season. <laughs> and you never got an opportunity in the postseason, so you went undefeated. You're the second undefeated team. <laughs> there you go. Perfect season. How did you celebrate? Yeah, you pop champagne <laughs> and you rub it in the in the faces of the Dolphins, who think they were the last team to go undefeated. And then every year you celebrate with the Dolphins. It would suck if you got into the playoffs. <laughs> Next Can't one. keep tying there. <laughs> Next one from Bucking Broncos. He says, thanks for giving out the email for Burrito Chad. Going to be at the draft also. I also may have missed this, but if we are at 10 and Locke, White, and Oliver are there, who's your guy? I guess we'll stop there. Devin White, for sure, for me. Mm, for sure you're passing up on a quarterback. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going at Oliver. Okay. That's I mean, tough, though. That's real tough. Uh, this is probably a good time to bring this up because Andre has been banging the table about this. Um, he's he's all in a tizzy. He says that Ed Oliver is not a fit for mm. what Vic Fangio likes to do and on top of it with what John Elway has done in the past. Both John Elway and Vic Fangio have always looked for length in their defensive linemen. I'm, I'm paraphrasing Andre right, yeah. right now. Um and that's really the one area in which Ed Oliver is short, um, no pun intended. <laughs> Just kidding. The pun's always intended. Um, he He's not the longest. Obviously, he's a powerful beast. Um, and Andre was also quick to point out, uh, when we talked that it's not just the major Apple White thing that has his stock falling. Um, Andre's biggest issue with him is that he didn't necessarily improve from his freshman year on. Like he was a beast on the scene and then just kind of stayed stagnant. Now you can blame that on coaching and a lot of NFL evaluators will because every NFL GM coaching staff, et cetera, thinks that they can make a player better. Um, so I just want that out there because Andre's been talking about it. I'm sure he said it on the draft pod, but if you, if you don't listen to the draft pod, he's saying, He's not necessarily the fit. The guy who would be the fit is not necessarily a top 10 prospect, but we talked about him yesterday, actually, and I'm a fan of this guy, and that is uh, Tillery out of Notre Dame. I am a fan of him, and he does fit the length. Um, Andre called him Akeem Hicks with freak athleticism. Well, if you can get that, you might as well take him at 10. Yeah. Um, So just something to keep an eye on. Maybe – it's a trade back scenario where they go back to 15 and they can get Tillery uh, and Ed Oliver isn't necessarily as high on their board. For me, I think Ed Oliver is so disruptive that they're not going to worry about his measurables as much, but I did want to get uh, Andre's idea out there and, and I watched some Tillery. Yeah. Uh, you should call him Killery because he <laughs> is a killer in there. Um, a freak athlete long like like andre pointed out extremely strong he, he's a statue so a guy a guy that we probably haven't talked about as a candidate that andre talked about you know if you could get him in the second round i said stop right there you can't get him in the second round yeah. but if you want to trade back then that's a that's a very interesting candidate i like it pick up a second rounder then maybe move back into the first round if you want to and that's a realistic way to do that i just can't believe that that Vic Fangio would say that Devin White isn't on the level of Roquan Smith because I completely believe he is. <laughs> Maybe it's a smokescreen. It could be. It would be a good one. It would be a good one. Next, or he continues and says, I love the hype and direction that this team is going, but with so many coaching changes, I feel like we need to temper our expectations. There's going to be a big adjustment period. I want to believe the hype, but I believed it last year, and look what happened. Taking off the orange-tinted glasses, I think even with Flacco, we are a year away from the playoffs. With that in mind, I think we should go QB at 10, only if it is one of the big three. But if that fails, I guess my second choice would be Oliver. And then in round two and three, we use our our picks, offensive weapons, or O-line. Last, last you guys have been talking up Andy Isabella. If we do end up with him, what does that mean for Hamilton? Or better yet, does that mean Sanders is gone? And those are our new wide receiver core, and that's our new wide receiver core with Tim Patrick. I think Sanders is going to be here this season regardless. Um, I think it just means there's more competition to get on the field if Andy Isabella is here, but also that you have a contingency plan moving forward. Then next year you've got 
uh, Cortland Sutton and Deshaun Hamilton, both who are no longer young players. They are now veterans. And you have Andy Isabella, who's going into his blooming second year. Then you're fine at, at wide receiver. Even with Emmanuel this year, you still need another receiver, whether that's this year or next year without Emmanuel. So, yeah, it doesn't hurt anyone, really. And he does add, also, RK, love your lock to Cutler comparison. It's starting to catch on. I hear a lot of other people making that comparison. It's really cool knowing I heard it first from BSN. Keep up the great work, guys. Best Broncos coverage out there. Thank you. Um, next one here is from, I'm lost. Help Estes me. Estes He says, what up? What up, BSN rock stars? Welcome into fantasy land where dreams do come true. My question is, when the Broncos hoist the Lombardi after Super Bowl 54, who would be the most excited to see, who would you be the most excited to see Super win Super Bowl MVP? For me, I'd love to see Chris Harris Jr., Will Parks, or, of course, Philip Lindsay. Chris, because he deserves it. Will Parks, because he's once, because he's sneakily one of my favorite young players. And Phil, because, well, what a story that would be. Thanks for your time, and keep up the great work, BSN Rockstars. First of all, thank you, Bucking Broncos. I got a little distracted there. Thank you for uh, giving me credit for the Cutler-Drew Law comparison. I'm convinced that I started that. <laughs> and I'll just answer for Ryan. Yeah, go ahead. He would like to see... Philip Lindsay. Yeah, and spell his name <laughs> right. Damn it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, how could you possibly beat that? Number 30 from Denver, winning Super Bowl MVP, you know, 20-some-odd years after Terrell Davis did it. You couldn't. You, you couldn't beat it at all. That would be, that'd be amazing. And on the defensive side of the ball, it's easy. It's Chris. You know who my second pick would be? Oh, Philip Lindsay. <laughs> no. <laughs> Joe Flacco. Just for the narrative, just because I think that'd be hilarious. So he would become. Wasn't Peyton the first quarterback to ever win two Super Bowls with two different organizations? Yep. So Joe Flacco would be the first player, first quarterback to ever win two Super Bowl MVPs with different teams. Wow, that'd be awesome. That's probably destiny if they win the Super Bowl. If big if, but <laughs> I'm telling you, the narrative would just be fantastic. Could you imagine that selling point for John when Aaron Rodgers becomes a free agent in three years? Look, or all, look, all I do is turn <laughs> these guys into Super Bowl MVPs or Super Bowl winners with multiple different teams. You've already won one with Green Bay. Come over here, and he can even say every quarterback who has ever won a Super Bowl with the Broncos started with a different team, including me. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> all right, last one here is from Drop Switch. He says, hey, guys, hope you're having a wonderful day so far. I was curious as to who you think would have a better year and who would have more progress next year between Sutton and Hamilton. I feel like Hamilton will be more progressive. Sutton will have better numbers due to Flacco being able to give him catchable balls. Also, who would win in a cooking competition between Ryan and Zach? (laughs) That one's obvious. Yeah, you want to take that one? (laughs) I would win that. I would win on the veggie part. Zach would win if the cooking competition uh, was about who could microwave cheese better. <laughs> Actually, I would lose. My microwave is broken. Oh, wow. I feel I'm like struggling. Th- I feel like this is going to be a big um, transition moment for you where you become one of those people who doesn't microwave food. Yep. yep. You're like, you know what? I just don't want to put those, chem- <laughs> those waves in my body. And so what's, what's the harm in just preheating the oven and then just set- setting it in there for 10 minutes? <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I knew it. <laughs> and every day that goes on without a microwave, my girlfriend's like, oh, we don't need one anymore. I'm like, oh, okay, life without a microwave. Here we are. I may <laughs> – yeah, you're not living <laughs> – you're never getting another microwave. Um, I uh, I made a keto quesadilla. And how do you do that? Once again with cheese as the, <laughs> no as the shell. Um, and it was fantastic. But How? Wouldn't then when you make the quesadilla, the outside layer would melt? Yeah, so you don't put cheese in the middle. You just put the chicken in the middle. Oh. Ooh. So I guess it's almost like a hot pocket. <laughs> <laughs> a keto hot pocket? Yeah, there you go. There we go. <laughs> I could definitely make a keto ooh. hot pocket. I'm tired of making everything out of cheese, though. Why? Uh, it just, it's getting old. <laughs> <to me. laughs> Are I you d- switching up the cheeses? 
No, I, I had a big bag of cheddar, so I've just been rolling with that. <laughs> I will say I've learned you got to pat it down with yes. the towel first. Yes. Um, that was a, that was a big game changer. But I will say I made a jalapeno cream cheese mm. and cayenne sauce for the inside of, of the oh, quesadilla. Man. It tasted exactly like the Taco Bell quesadilla sauce. Oh. and. I felt I was so proud of myself. You can't go wrong when you do jalapeno and cream cheese. Nope. Should go on. On anything. Yeah. <laughs> jalapeno cream cheese burger. I think Oh yeah. I've I'm of the belief that that's a Denver style cheeseburger. That's a Denver style mm, burger. I'd be okay with claiming that as our own. I don't know if that's an, that's a thing elsewhere, but that's like Cherry Crickets. Yeah. Um signature burger and most places around Denver or jalapeno or um cream cheese and green chili also. Yep. But cream cheese on a burger, I'm calling that our thing. That's and us. I love it. I love it. That's our number one thing. Yep. That's our that's our <laughs> contribution to the food world. I don't care if anyone has any other takes. That's that's ours. And I believe... Oh, Sutton or Hamilton? Sutton is going to have 1,000 yards this year. It better be Sutton. And, Ryan, is if it's Hamilton, is that great news for the Broncos or terrible news for the Broncos? Uh, it depends on how much more he improves because he has more room for improvement. Because if 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 Sutton goes from seven hundred to a thousand, that's great. But what did Hamilton have last year? It's got to be less than four hundred. Yeah. If he goes from you know three fifty to eight fifty, that's a bigger improvement. And if Sutton also has a thousand, then you know it was a great thing for the Broncos. He had two forty three last year. I guess I was viewing it as just all out production. Yeah, Sutton has more production. If Hamilton has more production, you're a little concerned just about your second-round pick from last year. Either or, that's how I feel. If Hamilton has more production, then it's a concern. But maybe that means he's stepped into Emmanuel Sanders' shoes and has taken off, and they're both 1,000-yard receivers. Maybe, yeah. There's ways where you can spin it either way. Cortland Sutton's going to have a great year. He's going to have the opportunities, that's for sure. I'm saying 1,000 yards and... Somewhere in between six and ten touchdowns. Can't argue. Either way, I can't argue. All right. Uh, before we get out of here, I want to tell you about LiveWell. LiveWell, another new partner for us. LiveWell Enlightened Health is your go-to dispensary for the best deals on the highest quality cannabis products. Members of LiveWell's free rewards program have access to $30 pre-way half ounces and $60 pre-way ounces every single day. LiveWell has 16 locations across Colorado, from the Four Corners all the way up to Fort Collins, with six locations in the Denver area. Visit livewell.com slash BSN for all of the most up-to-date sales and promotion. That's LiveWell, spelled L-I-V-W-E-L-L dot com slash BSN. That's going to do it for us guys today, and we will catch back up with you tomorrow on the BSN Broncos podcast.